Chapter Twenty Five of Traylon by Max Brand. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Rowdy Delaney, Idaho, USA. Chapter Twenty Five. Hair like the sunshine. Well, grumbled Lawler, settling back comfortably into his chair. One of these days, I'm going to clean out my whole gang and put in a new one. They maybe won't be any better, but they can't be any worse. Nevertheless, he did not seem in the least downhearted, but apparently had some difficulty in restraining his broad grin. The voice of the grim cook returned, "I'll see Nellie in the crowd, in the crowd. I'll see Nellie in the crowd, in the crowd. I'll see Nellie in the crowd, and I'll holler to her loud. Hey, Nellie, ain't you proud? Damn your eyes!" I ask you," cried Lawler, with freshly risen wrath. "Is that any way to go round talking about women?" "Not talking. He's singing," answered Bard. "Let him alone." The thunder of their burly Ganymede singing rose and echoed about them. "And this shall be my knell, be my knell. And this shall be my knell, my knell. And this shall be my knell. Sam, I hope you go to hell. Sam, I hope you sizzle well. Damn your eyes!" Shorty Kilrain appeared in the doorway, his mouth wide on the last long wailing note. Shorty said, "Lawler, with a sort of hopeless sadness, ain't you never been educated to sing no better songs than that? Why, you old gray-headed," began Shorty, and then stopped short and hitched his trousers violently. Lawler pushed the whiskey bottle and the glass toward Bard. Help yourself, and to Kilrain, who was leaving the room, come back here. Well," snarled the sailor, half turning at the door. "While I'm running this here ranch, you're going to have manners. See? If manners was like whiskers," said the unabashed Shorty, "it'd take me nigh on thirty years to get 'em." And he winked at Bard for sympathy. Lawler smashed his fist on the table. "What I say is, are you running this ranch or am I?" "Well," growled Kilrain, "if you was a kid, you'd have your mouth washed out with soap." The eyes of Shorty bulged. It ought to be done now, but there ain't no one I'd give such dirty work to. What you're going to do is stand right here and show us you know how to sing a decent song in a decent way. That there song of yours didn't leave nothing sacred untouched, from parsons and jails to women and the gallows. Stand over there and sing. The sailor's eyes filmed over with cold hate. Was I hired to punch cattle? He said, or make a blasted roaring fool out of myself? You was hired," answered Lawler softly, as he filled his glass to the brim with old rye whiskey, to be a cook, and you're the rottenest hashlinger that ever served cold dough for biscuits. A blasted roarin' fool you've already made of yourself by singin' that song. I want another one to get the sound of that out of my ears. Tune up. Thoughts of murder, ill concealed, whitened the face of the sailor. Some day he began hoarsely and then stopped. For a vision came to him of blithe mornings when he could sit on top of the corral fence, rolling a cigarette, while some other cowpuncher went into the herd and roped and saddled his horse. Do you mean this, Drew? He asked with an odd emphasis. Do you think I'm talking for fun? What shall I sing? He asked in a voice which was reduced to a faint whisper by rage. I don't know, mused Lawler, but maybe it ought to lie between Alice Benbolt and Anna Laurie. What do you choose, partner? He turned to Bard. Alice Benbolt, by all means. 
I don't think he could manage the scotch. Start, commanded Lawler. The sailor closed his eyes, tilted his head back, twisted his face to a hideous grimace, and then opening his shapeless mouth emitted a tremendous wail which took shape in the following words. Oh, don't you remember sweet Alice Benbolt, sweet Alice with the hair like sunshine? Shut up, Lawler roared. It required a moment for Shorty to unkink the congested muscles of his face. What the hell's the matter now? he inquired. Who ever heard of hair like sunshine? There ain't no such thing possible. Hair so brown, that's what the song says. Shorty, we got more feelin' for our ears than to let you go on singin' and showin' your ignorance. Go on back to the kitchen. Kilrain drew a long breath, regarded Lawler again with that considerate, expectant eye, and turned on his heel and strode from the room. Back to Bard came fragments of tremendous cursing, of an epic breadth and a worldwide inclusiveness. Got to do things like this once in a while to keep em under my thumb, Lawler explained genially. With all his might, Bard was struggling to reconcile this big-handed vulgarian with his mental picture of the man who could write for an epitaph. Here sleeps Joan, the wife of William Drew. She chose this place for rest. But the two ideas were not inclusive. He said aloud, Aren't you afraid that that black-eyed fellow will run a knife between your ribs one of these dark nights? Who? My ribs? exclaimed Lawler, nevertheless stirring somewhat uneasily in his chair. Nope. They know that I'm William Drew. They may be hard, but they know I'm harder. Oh, drawled the other, and his eyes held with uncomfortable steadiness on the rosy face of Lawler. I understand. To cover his confusion, Lawler seized his glass. Here's to you, drinkin' deep. He tossed off the mighty potion. Bard had poured only a few drops into his glass. He had too much sympathy for his empty stomach to do more. His host leaned back, coughing. With tears of pleasure in his eyes. Damn me, he breathed reverently. I ain't touched stuff like this in ten years. Is this new stock? inquired Bard, apparently puzzled. This, said Lawler, recalling his position with a start. Sure it is. Brand new. Yep, stuff ain't been in here more'n five days. Smooth, ain't it? Medicine, that's what I call it. A gentleman's drink. Goes down like water. Observing a rather quizzical light in the eyes of Bard, he felt that he had probably been making a few missteps, and being warmed greatly at the heart by the whiskey, he launched forth in a new phase of the conversation. End of chapter 25